from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We're here in the first piece of today's broadcast on Monday, January 2nd, 2019. I didn't say 2018, so I'm growing as a human because I tend to hold on to the dates like we all do, and I write 2018, and I think it's 2018, but I'm doing my best. I can't believe it's already 2019, but it is. And with that being said, I got my guy Marvin Graves here. Marvin, the last time we talked, it was a different year, so welcome to 2019, sir. Yeah, it was. It was a a new year. Uh, It's a new year now. Um, and I hope you had a great new year, and I'm glad to be back with you. Absolutely, man. I, I had a tremendous way of starting the new year around positivity, around smiles. How did you spend your New Year's? Uh, I just hung out with uh, my my immediate family, my wife and my four daughters. Um, well, actually, my three daughters. Uh, my oldest daughter, she hung out with her friends. We were together earlier that day. And the rest of us, we um, we just went out to see a movie and just came back home and, you know, basically watched the ball drop. So I hadn't stayed up that long in a while, so it was pretty good. Speaking here with Marvin Graves, our Monday morning quarterback, played quarterback at Syracuse, obviously. Uh, Marvin, you know, like you said, you know, being around the family, just being around people that – that you love and watching the ball drop as that ball was dropping on 2018. What are you going to remember about 2018 personally for you? Um, I think uh, 2018 is just another uh, chapter in my life. You know, there was some some ups, there was some downs, um, but you know, for the most part, um, 2018 confirmed that. You know, that I do have good family. I have, you know, good friends. You know, sometimes you don't really get to see and talk to your friends as much as you you want when you have family. They have families, people are working, and so forth and so on. Um, But, you know, through all the ups and downs, you know, there's still a lot to be thankful for. And, you know, I'm just, I said it before, I'm just thankful that, um, you know, I do have you know, good good people around me. And, you know, I just feel like um, you have to appreciate uh, 2018 and all the years before. But, you know, I just see so much of a bright future, not only for myself, but, you know, for, you know, people around me. So um, pretty much, you know, that I do have good people around me and I have a lot to be thankful for. So what I mean, what are your thoughts on 2019? What's on What's on the brain now? You know, what are What are some of those things that you know you want to accomplish? You uh, You aspire to do? What does 2019 look like for you? Well, uh, my wife and I, um, you know, we have a few uh, businesses that you know we want to do together, and um, we're going to focus on you know kind of getting those off the ground. 
uh, we know it's going to take time. So, you know, we're spending the time to, you know, get the structure and get everything in order so that, you know, we're working smarter and not harder. Um, for so long in my life, you know, I kind of used my body physically, uh, you know, to pay for my college degree and, you know, play some pro ball. And as you get older, um, you know, I think you get a little wiser. And I, and I realized that um, there's a lot of different ways to, uh, you know, earn an income. And, you know, we also, we just want to show our daughters that, you know, we want you to be able to go to school or, you know, we want you to be able to, you know, have a job and also have the ability to do something that you love outside of that to either earn extra income or eventually work for yourself. So, um, you know, that's pretty much the focus uh, going into 2019. And to, I'll be honest with you, I just really want to do more, more things with, you know, my family, you know, family get togethers and, uh, we we're talking about going on a trip uh, for next Christmas. So really just, you know, focusing on uh, planning things out better. And um, I think that's what I'm, I'm most looking forward to is, is, is planning things out and just maximizing my time with, you know, my friends and my family. That coming from Marvin Graves, Syracuse Orange quarterback in their history, wore number five, wore it well, and is here with us this morning and every Monday morning as our Monday morning quarterback. Uh, Marvin, to get into, you know, what what Syracuse is taking into 2019 from 2018, a 10-3 record uh, victory over Western Michigan and Wagner, Florida State and Connecticut to start off the season 4-0 for the first time since you did it in 1991, and then to go up against Clemson in Death Valley where nobody has won since the end of 2016 and lost the game 27-23 in a close one, lost a close one with rival Pittsburgh, then came home and defeated North Carolina, NC State, Wake Forest, Louisville in a row after losing to Notre Dame in an uncharacteristic game of the season 36-3, and then take it down rival Boston College in Boston 42 to 21 doubled their score took him down an old coach uh, Steve Adazio who used to be at Syracuse and then ultimately defeating West Virginia in the Camping World Bowl you and I were talking about nine wins 10 wins 11 wins this season after we saw this team for the first few weeks what are your thoughts now that they've achieved it we've talked about a lot of different pieces of of the puzzle of this thing but to go back and you know and, and to kind of let it marinate when you go and you look at Syracuse's schedule, you know, you could go on wakeupcalldt.com, go to the Cuse tab in, in Syracuse football, or you could go to the quick link at the bottom of the page, and you see 10-3. and three. What does that do for you as an alum of, of this program to, to know that what we were talking about, that 9-10-11 win season, actually happened, and Syracuse only lost in three shots you know, of the 13 that they took this year, they only missed three of them, and two of them were, you know, last possession at the end of the game type of game. So, you know, it, it was one blowout and then two close games and 10 wins overall. What is what is that doing for you now that it's marinated for a little bit? Well, I'm just really proud of um, all the hard work that's been put in, put in by a lot of people. Um, it's not just... Um, you know, the head coach and the coaching staff and the players, you know, you got equipment guys, you got trainers. There's a lot of people that's involved with, um, you know, this thing being 10-3. And um, I think as Syracuse, as a Syracuse alum, um, 
I'm proud. I'm, I'm just proud. I'm happy that, you know, I can wear my orange and blue and, you know, people are, you know, talking about the cues in a different light. Um, and, you know, it feels good. So, um, you know, I just think that uh, the, the program is heading in the right direction. I think there's a lot of excitement for next year. And I think if, if you're anybody that's affiliated with the program, especially the coaches and the players uh, and, and the rest of the staff, um, you really have to be looking forward to this off season and uh, having a great off season and spring ball. And if I'm a fan, I can't wait to spring ball just to see, uh, you know, what the 2019 team would look like. So uh, really proud, really happy, you know, for those guys. And um, I kind of know what that feels like as a player um, to win 10 games and, and all the things that you have to go through in the close games. And, um, I think it's a great accomplishment. Man, like you said, you want to, you know, you look to the future, you know, you look at their accomplish, accomplishments now, speaking on the Syracuse football team with Marvin Graves, but you also look to what's to come for this team. And this team can be very proud to say that majority of those that had said yes to Syracuse verbally have signed on the dotted line in the early signing period. So you're looking at Dino Baber's fourth recruiting class, and there are 17 yeses that are signed on the dotted line, and there's guys that are coming in early, and they're going to be at spring ball. You look at everybody that signed up. Courtney Jackson, who's coming in as a wide receiver. He's an athlete. Uh, Joe Rondi, defensive tackle. Anthony Red, offensive guard. Jeffrey Canton, an outside linebacker from Canada, who's coming up with his teammate uh, Matthew Bergeron, an offensive tackle. You have Adrian Cole, cornerback. Luke Benson, a tight end. Or, uh, we Also, Garrett Williams, a corner. Ishmael Goulborn, defensive end. Drew Tuazama, defensive end. Amon Greenwood, a safety. Mikel Jones, an outside linebacker. Leek Bogba, uh, an outside linebacker. Darius Tisdale, an uh, offensive tackle. Cornelius Nunn, a safety. Cooper Dawson, an offensive tackle. And Jawar Jordan, Jr., running back. Jawar Jordan, there was a question, you know, was he going to be wearing orange? Was Cornelius Nunn going to be wearing orange? And uh, both of them ended up saying yes, ultimately. So what does that mean to you that, you know, the 2019 incoming class already has 17 signatures in the early signing period of December? They didn't even wait until February. And some of these guys that signed early will be coming to Syracuse early and have told me they will be at spring ball. What does that mean to you? I mean, again, it's the, the ship is heading in the right direction. And um, I think that's what uh, that's what having a season like this this past season uh, can do. Uh, actually going to a bowl game, like, you know, it, it's a big marketing tool. And, um, you know, Syracuse is a great place. You know, I mean, it's cold, it snows a lot, but, I mean, that's a great university. And... If you can go somewhere and uh, play inside of a dome, you know, how many kids can say they can do that? You know, I, I came up there really not knowing what I was getting into and really not even uh, had, having an appreciation for, you know, what the, the dome really was. And, uh, you know, it, it just shows that the, the program's heading in the right direction. It shows that, uh, you know, high school uh, coaches and kids across the country uh, know that we're on the map, and 
you know, I just think we're heading in the right direction, and that's that's what you need um, when you're trying to build a, a power program. We'll spend more time analyzing this gentleman as we get closer and closer to the draft here with Marvin Graves. But Marvin, Eric Dungey, we've talked about him a lot. What would you say are his 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 biggest positives and then his greatest weaknesses? How do you assess his game? Because I really want to you know, break it down with you over the coming weeks and whatnot. And I want to start that conversation a little bit today. Your thoughts on, on Eric Dungy and just what an NFL team would be getting and who he is. Um, I think he's uh, definitely a project if you're talking about drafting him solely to play uh, quarterback. Um, I, I think that uh, if you have a slot on your on your roster to bring him in, uh, and, and see if he can fit in your system. Uh, you know, you would you would have to understand that uh, the guy could throw the ball downfield, but you know, obviously he would have to work on read progressions, things of that nature. So you bring him in to see uh, if if he can evolve in that in that manner. Uh, we know he's tough. We know he's a gamer. He has all the intangibles. So it's, it, it would take a team that would, would bring him in, knowing that he's a project, and just see. Um, you know, if he can grasp grasp offenses, if he can make the throws, you know, down the field, if he can show that he still has potential. Uh, so, um, you know, he's not a guy that I would take. If, if I'm a GM, you know, he wouldn't be, you know, my first or second choice. But knowing that this kid could possibly play multiple positions, I would I would bring him on as an athlete. That coming from Marvin Graves, we'll obviously break that down and get into it as we go, but I want to get into a, a final piece of our Monday morning quarterback conversation with Syracuse Orange quarterback alum Marvin Graves, and that is the NFL wildcard round. The Colts, I want to start here, the Colts take down the Texans 21-7. to Here's a crazy thing. The Colts score 21 points in the first half. They don't score a single point in the second half, and the Texans don't score at home in Houston until the fourth quarter. Thoughts on this game? Colts came out striking early. Then they played. Then they just continued to play good defense. They blanked the Texans for three quarters until the end. So what was your takeaway from this? The Colts win on the road. They score early. And then they don't have to score a single point in the second half to win this game. Thoughts? I mean, I was, I was shocked. I watched every, pretty much every down of that game. And, um, you know, the Colts, you talk about teams, you know, peaking at the right time and, uh, you know, sort of, I, I would say flying under the radar. You know, they, they talk about Andrew Luck a lot. They talk about, uh, you know, T.Y. Hilton. But, I mean, that defense, man, defense win championships. And to go on the road and to basically put up uh, a near shutout performance uh, against a, a very talented uh, Deshaun Watson, who can make plays out of the pocket. Um, I mean, I I was pretty shocked. I was pretty shocked. I was just sitting there waiting for, you know, those guys to make a play and make it a game. But it was total domination, and that's, that's the great thing about playoff football. You really never know what you're going to expect. And then in the Dallas Cowboys game against the Seattle Seahawks, the Cowboys bested the Seahawks, which made up for that, that, you know, fumbled moments that, you know, obviously happened with Tony Romo a few years back in the playoffs. So they make up for it this time around. They take care of business. And how about this irony? There's that fumbled, uh, the, the fumbled hold to try and kick 
that uh, to try and put the ball through the uprights, Tony Romo with that fumble, and it ultimately ends up losing a close one to the Seahawks. This time around, the Cowboys win a close one against the Seahawks, and it's thanks to Dak Prescott, their current quarterback, holding on to the ball and running it in. Thoughts on this game? It went back and forth. The Cowboys had the early lead, then the Seahawks took the lead, then the Cowboys had the lead at the half, then the Seahawks took it in the third quarter, then the Cowboys took it and held on to it in the fourth. I know that you're a Redskin through and through, but what do you think about this Cowboys team? Are they peaking at the right time, and and how dangerous do they look after winning this game? Yeah, I think the Cowboys are peaking at the right time. I think um, I think Dak Prescott, and, and I'm a huge Redskin fan, and you know I don't want to see the Cowboys win anything, but you know you got to give these guys their respect because <clears throat> I saw them play well in all three phases of the game. And that defense is phenomenal. Probably, <clears throat> probably the best defense um, in the playoffs, in my opinion. And you know, Ezekiel Elliott showed why he's Ezekiel Elliott. And I thought, um, I thought they called a great game offensively. Um, I, I think Dallas can go as far as pretty much Dak can go. I think Dak needs to play with a little more confidence. I think he needs to, you know, get through some of his progressions a little better and. Um, you know, go ahead and go ahead and make that next step because I think he is a big time quarterback, and I think as far as as well as he can play, um, I think they can they got a good chance. And then as far as the you know the other side of this thing too, and how about this in the NFC? There's going to be four teams remaining, and in the teams that remain, who are they? They are the NFC East, the NFC East, the NFC South. It is also going to be involved in this and uh, the NFC West. So, you know, 50% of what's left in the NFC is from the NFC East because the Steelers win the game. Cody Parkey hits the left upright and then hits the crossbar and it doesn't go in. He hits two bars of the three and the ball doesn't go in from 43 yards away. A missed field goal sends the Eagles forward who continue to win at the right time, who continue to do just enough. Just enough to stay in the playoff hunt. Just enough to get a spot. Just enough to pass the Chicago Bears in Chicago at Soldier Field. Thoughts on Philadelphia as they move forward. They're still alive. And 50% once again of the NFC side of the playoffs is the NFC East. I think I think Philly's peaking at the right time. I think they, they are... Uh... I would have them, well, Baltimore lost yesterday, but I had Baltimore and Philly probably being two of the most dangerous teams in the playoffs. And, you know, the thing about it, <clears throat> I had Philly winning this football game, a uh, close game like it was, uh, because they've been there. You know, they went to the Super Bowl last year, and there's a lot of guys in that locker room that know what it feels like. So with that being said, there's a lot of pressure on these other teams. So you're... you're your Eagles, your Cowboys, uh, your Colts, like these teams that had that bye week and were sitting around and watching, um, you know, I really, I really believe in these teams that played this past weekend to move on. And the final team that we have to talk about here with Marvin Graves, our Monday morning quarterback, is that Chargers team that's moving on. I, I called the L.A. Chargers the the toughest, I shouldn't say the toughest, I said the best team in LA is not the Rams, it's the Chargers, 
as the season had progressed. But I thought that the Ravens were going to best him. I thought they were going to figure it out. Lamar Jackson's woes, you know, I, I've said a lot of positives about him. 6-1 and one as a starter. I said at the beginning of the season that he would be the starter. He should take over the reins. He should be leading the offense. I feel like he proved me right. In this game, the inconsistencies, the knocks on him came out. 14 completions to 15 incompletions was not even 50% at completing the ball out there. You know, there were a couple touchdowns to Michael Crabtree. He threw an interception in the game. They did silence him a little bit on the ground. He had nine carries for 54 yards. Baltimore only had 90 yards rushing when typically Lamar Jackson could get 100 by himself or Gus Edwards get 100 by himself. They did hold the Chargers down. They only gave 40 yards to Melvin Gordon, 2.4 yards a carry. They ran for 90. They only allowed 89. So they did a lot of good things, but ultimately the Chargers outlasted the Ravens. And the Ravens scored two touchdowns late in the game to make it a game. But before that, it was 23-3 Chargers with nine minutes left to go in the game. It was Chargers all the way through until ultimately when they started scoring, the Ravens ran out of time. Thoughts on this one? Well, this was another... um shocking performance. Um, not that I didn't think the Chargers were a good football team. I thought this game could go either way, uh, but I, I didn't think that, especially playing with six and seven defensive backs in the game, that they would be able to stop the run like they did. Um, I, I just think they had a great game plan. They, they played fundamentally sound on defense. Uh, they played fast, <clears throat> which Lamar Jackson has never seen uh you know, a, a playoff game in the NFL and the magnitude of it. So I thought that may have uh, caught them off guard a little bit. But, um, you know, they, they played well. Uh, Baltimore's defense played, you know, pretty well. But, uh, again, defense win championships. And, you know, the Chargers are kicking field goals. And, you know, everybody's waiting for, you know, that big play. And it just never happened yesterday. So I think you have to have to go off to the Chargers because uh, that defense won the, won the ball game yesterday. And the funny thing about it, kickers are talking about the fact that those jobs aren't really that safe anymore because there's mistakes that happened and the extra point got moved back. Mike Badgley, raise your hand if you know who he was going into the season. He kicked five field goals in this game, four field goals to open up the game to be up 12 to nothing at the half. So no touchdowns scored by either team in the first half. It was all about no two, no touchdowns scored in the first three quarters of the game. It was it was all field goals, but Mike Badgley was the guy that got it done from 53 yards away and as close as 20 yards away. So he did what he needed to do. He gave him the separation and ultimately gave him the win. Marvin Graves, always good for the win here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora and Monday Morning Quarterback. I appreciate it as always, Marvin. I thank you for being a part of the show. And I can't wait to talk with you next week because the playoffs will continue. Our conversation will continue. And it's it's a blessing to be in 2018 with you and then carry that into 2019. So thanks for everything you do and for being yourself. And thank you for believing in, in a segment I wanted to do here and carrying that into the new year with me. I I greatly appreciate you, and I appreciate your hard work and, and everything that you bring to the show. Thanks a lot, man, and you're definitely welcome. And, you know, again, I, I appreciate you having me, um, and, and it keeps me um, not only close to Syracuse football, but, you know, all sports. Um, so it, it's been great for me as well, and I'm definitely looking forward to uh, the rest of the 2019 
that coming from Marvin Graves. We'll talk with you soon, Marvin. Take care, man. Bye. Take, take care. We'll take a quick step aside, and Imani Free is coming up next from Quinnipiac, CNY, born and raised in a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DreisigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DreisigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, Command yourself to feel comfortable in Dreisig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DreisigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, lady.com. Breaking news. The Press Room Pub, located on 220 Herald Place in historic Herald Square in downtown Syracuse, is where entertainment and sports become one. Trivia is every Tuesday at 7 p.m. with host Dan Tortora. Sports are always on from every angle at the Press Room Pub. The main floor features a full bar and restaurant with two private party rooms, featuring games, a colossal television, and more. So head out for lunch, dinner, or a drink and plan your parties with the Press Room Pub. 220 Carol Place in downtown Syracuse. Call 315-569-4345 for more information. The press room awaits you. Thank you for listening into this edition of Monday Morning Quarterback with Marvin Graves, Syracuse Orange quarterback in their history back in the late 80s, early 90s, and the last time that Syracuse went 4-0 besides 2018 to start the season was when Marvin Graves was the quarterback of the team back in 1991. Marvin Graves is with me on Mondays for our Monday Morning Quarterback, taking the moniker and turning it into something even more tangible and our own little twist on it, the Monday Morning Quarterback is Syracuse's former quarterback, Marvin Graves, always etched in the history of Syracuse, this city, the football program, and so much more. And we appreciate having them every week. Make sure you tune in to Wake Up Call with Dan Satora Mondays at 9.15 a.m. Eastern Time to hear the Monday Morning Quarterback featuring Marvin Graves, as well as listening every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time on MixLR.com backslash Wake Up Call DT. That's where, you're, where you'll find it all, MixLR.com backslash Wake Up Call DT.